Once Upon a Time Season 4 Episode 17 is over, but we are just getting started here on Once Upon a Recap. Hello all you magical people out there. Mike Bloom here, one of the co-hosts of Once Upon a Recap, back from a momentary one-week hiatus from the podcast. And I am joined, as always, by the one and only Kurt Clark. But, Kurt, is it really you? I'm. What, what do you have around your neck? Uh, yes, it is actually me. It, it is me. Uh, there's nothing around my neck. It's 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 in my pocket. <laughs> oh boy! All right, we will. Let's. I won't. I won't delve too much into that. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I I I gotta jump right in here, Kurt, because this, I'd say this was an interesting episode overall. I mean, it was very much. I mean, our our main players were at the forefront of the action for the first literally five minutes, and the rest of the episode was all about our secondary characters. But I mean, our big top story here is Alina is back and not just back for as a, a guest cameo in the episode in the flashback, like we thought initially she is back back and she's in position to become actually the, the biggest bad of this back season arc. Yeah, I know we knew that we came into this uh, having to deal with three evil villainesses. I just don't know if we were prepared for uh for Ursula to be swapped for Zelina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's weird, you know. It's it's. I would argue that uh, this show is was is sort of getting the hero season three slash the Amazing Spider-Man two treatment of kind of throwing a lot of villains on the screen and seeing what sticks. But yeah, I guess you're right. We did kind of switch out Ursula for Zelina, though. I think the hierarchy has changed now that we know that Gold's kind of being controlled by Zelina at this point or they're controlling each other I'm not sure I don't think Gold cares about Robin's life that much that he would you know that 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 Zelina has that over him but but still it seems like she's kind of in control of at least what Gold is uh, how Gold got back to Storybrooke yeah it's there's this little matter of Zelina that I guess had kind of been always brewing in the background this entire time in terms of Gold's motivations and we're just being clued into it now yeah yeah, so I mean, I, I'm forget burying the lead here. I'm I'm going to just cover the lead in dirt at this moment because I feel like this is arguably I would still argue one of the I, I I say that you know Peter Pan turning out to be Rumpelstiltskin's dad is probably the biggest twist I've seen on the show. This to me was probably the second biggest biggest twist the show has ever seen in terms of it came out of nowhere. So I, I feel like we should just spend a little bit of time at the top of the hour just talking about this in general now were you uh did you have as big of a reaction as i did kurt were did you like it did you not like it i just i would just love to hear your thoughts on what you thought about the zelina reveal in general i say in terms of it's i i tend to just kick back and enjoy the ride of, of once upon a time there's there's not a lot of of reaction that i tend to give to the show but given that little bit of leeway that i do sway within i would say in terms of Kurt's reactions to this, it was like, I was like, wow, didn't see that coming. Interesting. Well, 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 well played, uh, uh, once upon a time. Um, it, it did at the back of my head, there's still a little bit of a question as to how much this was kind of thrown together at the last minute versus how much this was always the intention. Um, but in terms of gotchas, uh, and and uh, we've heard of gotcha journalism. This is gotcha script writing. I I, I got I got got. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, so. from from gauging 
literally everyone's online reaction the past 24 hours, everyone got got to the point of where like celebrities like Keegan Michael Key tweeted, came out of the, the Once Upon a Time fandom closet to tweet about how shocked he was by this choice because no nobody could think that this is possible. First of all, nobody really thought that this magic existed where you could use this six-leaf clover to masquerade as whoever you want and to even masquerade as such an insignificant character seemingly like Marion just honestly came out of nowhere. I, I So I'll say that, you know, it gets a 10 on the surprise scale. Absolutely. But yeah. I, 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 I mean, I've been thinking about it, Kurt, and I, I, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> just because... Well, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that I, I think I professed when we did the season three recap uh, that I, I enjoyed the back half of season three because I enjoyed the, the prospect of an Oz storyline. And like I had, I had grown up reading all of the Oz books. There are, there are quite a few of them, actually. And, and so I was kind of interested to see how that was going to tie in. And so I thought that was a nice little departure. Um, so I'm interested to see where this goes now um i i'm not I'm, I'm guessing i'm not as i don't know if sour is the right word that you would characterize your your feelings about it with but i feel like that i'm more positively uh, receiving it than you are yeah also the the one of the things that's really kind of disparaging me from this twist i mean in general i would say it's a cool idea and again it's something that once upon a time really hasn't done since that peter pan stuff which is you know a year and a half ago at this point my problem with it is that it sort of opens up a million plot holes in if we're going along with this logic that Zelina kind of pulled uh, a move out of the end of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and assumed Marion's identity when after her life force seeped into that portal to send Emma and Hook back in time. And I guess Zelina was then reassembled <laughs> in the Enchanted Forest and was just kind of following them around to see what they would do. Uh, it just brings up several questions. Also considering, like, the biggest weird thing or question I have, and maybe, I don't know if you have an answer for it, is, so if we're to assume that the Marion in Season 4 has been Zelina the entire time, did Zelina, like, feign falling under that, that curse that Elsa accidentally put on her, or the Snow Queen accidentally put on her, or was she actually being affected and almost died? That's a, <clears throat> that's a good point. It's, it's one definitely a... Uh... A, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my story straight because I was about to talk about the the under the 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 frozen spell curse. I'm trying I'm trying to think at, at what point Marion was. Gosh, it, it's also confusing for me now. Well, she, um, she was frozen in like episode three. I think the Snow Queen gave her like certain ice oh, cream, yeah. and then she was frozen yeah. for a while, and then once. All the Stone Queen stuff was over. She woke up, but then she got. She was apparently was still in her in her heart, which made her and Robin leave Storybrooke. Yeah, I, I had sorry. I had a moment of a uh, a, a brain hiccup there in terms of I was thinking brain freeze. That, I had brain freeze. I had brain freeze. Thank you. I was thinking that Marion came back partway through the Zelina season, and I was like, no, 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 that was the Elsa season. Uh, that that it all happened in. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess she did get affected by it. Um, I, it's one of those things where I would have to go back and do a close rewatch of the first half to see, you know, how exactly is Marion behaving and is it anti Zelina like? Mm -hmm. um, and at this point, I'm going to leave that to the super fans to do because I'm not about to go back and do a rewatch. Yeah. Well, I, I, I also, there's also like, 
I think her plan's a little short-sighted as well because I don't know how long at, at this point in the timeline that when Robin and Marion were reunited, how long they've been together since. I think, it, you know, I don't know how long in terms of the timeline the Frozen arc was, but you'd have to assume that, like, Robin must have asked her a million things about, like, hey, uh, yeah. remember that time <laughs> that we did this? And she can only get away with so much by being like, oh, I forget. You you say it first, you know? Oh. I love it. I love it when you describe that moment. You can describe it so much better than I can. <laughs> I when you when you when you do something like I mean that's there's little things like that that make me again question at what point was this idea shoehorned in? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you could go back and find lots of of plot holes uh, in terms of well yeah when in this scene when Marion says this that doesn't really couldn't have been Zelina. Um, I'm just going to chalk it up to, uh, the author getting things wrong. <laughs> it's all about the author. And I'll yeah, say, yeah. I'll, I won't bring up too many qualms on this. Cause I, I want to, I want to, I, I enjoy facets of the episode. So I want to get into those, but the whole idea of having to use the clover to remain that person's identity, which I guess would be comparable to once again, from going back to Harry Potter, the polyjuice potion of once upon a time. It doesn't make sense to me considering that, what, like three episodes ago, we saw Gold assume the identity of Hook to trick Belle without using any sort of magical totem. So Zelina, and Zelina's a very powerful figure. You know, they, they showed her being very, you know, he, she was the big bad of season 3B. So I'm wondering, like, did, why did she have to have the clover? You know, obviously the show introduces magical items like it's their business every episode, but it just seems like, oh, now she has to have this clover in order to be. Marion's entity for a long time that that just seems a little weird to me I'm, I'm actually fine with that because my rationale for that is that the clover is what works outside of storybook we've learned that magical magic doesn't work you can't cast magic outside of storybook but magical items will work in the real world and so for her to remain looking like Marion she needs some sort of magical item in New York City that's kind of how I saw the clover working then uh, okay I could I could see that you sure she couldn't just channel that New York magic Oh, uh, there's not much of it left. Hey, I, res- <laughs> I resent that. Well, let's uh, speaking of New York, let's uh, let's dive in a little bit here. But I want to I want to get this uh, this flashback stuff out of the way first, because this is our first uh, Robin Hood episode. Now, Kurt, I don't know how much you, you knew the promos going in over the past couple of weeks. But as you were watching the episode, were, were you excited for a Robin Hood episode? Was this a story you wanted to see? Um. <clears throat> It, it, I, I didn't watch any of the promo, so I, I didn't really know that this was going to be a Robin Hood-focused episode. Um, when it looked like it was leaning that direction, I have to say I was interested in seeing, um, you know, kind of the fish out of water, Robin in the big city. I mean, we're not in the, you know, in the flash forwards in the present day. Uh, we got we got a bit a bit more of that, and you know, we'll talk about uh, him uh, stealing a horse um, and that whole scene. But I also liked the the flashback episodes. We haven't had a lot of him in the past <clears throat> in uh, in his happier days. Um, it was a little bit of an origin story because um, I think it went from thief. How we kind of saw the transformation of thief Robin Hood to hero Robin Hood, uh, or sorry, thief Robin of Locksley to hero yes. Robin Hood. And it was even fun to see a little trip into the uh, into the land of Oz and the Yellow Brick Road and the Emerald City. Yeah, I, I was. Happy to see this. I believe I said in one of my hopes for season 4B at the end of our season 4A podcast was that I wanted to see 
what happened to Robin Hood. And I also wanted to find out like how Will Scarlet ended up joining up with them. And we didn't necessarily get Will Scarlet joining the Merry Men, but we got a little bit into their history, which was interesting. So I'm glad we got that question answered. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Robin Hood stuff itself is okay. I'm, I'm not sure about this whole code thing. There's a lot of talk of code. It reminded me a little bit of Dexter almost and how much they're, <laughs> they're going by the questionable morals of this code. Uh, but it, it's interesting that we also had like uh, almost an inception level style of flashbacks going on here because we, yeah, because I'll, I'll, well, I figured we'll go through the event in chronological order here. So we'll do the flashback stuff first, then we'll do the New York stuff, and then we'll go to, to Storybrook in the present day. But I mean, they and start, even the, and even the New York stuff was flashback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they started off in Storybrook, then they flashback nine weeks to the New York, and then it, it, within New York, they occasionally flashback to store to the Enchanted Forest. So, there, there's a lot of fun timelines going on this episode, uh, but let's dive in here. Let's let's go to let's go to Sherwood Forest, and we see that we catch Robin in some sort of uh, reformed position. Apparently, he's given up the life of a thief, and he is serving beer. Uh, Kurt, would, would you want to watch a spinoff of Robin Hood at the bar? I guess everybody knows your name at this bar, probably, right? Yeah, exactly. So I guess is, is Robin uh, the the Ted Danson character of this of this story? It was Mary and Marion's the Shelley Long slash Kirstie Alley. Yeah, I think yeah, I was gonna say these the uh, the shirt the 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 Shirsty Long Shirsty uh, Long Shirsty <laughs> Lally. There you go. Uh, yeah, it would, that, that could potentially be fun. It reminds me a little bit. I I got, I got to thinking it during this watching this. I don't remember if you remember the the very briefly lived sitcom of the eighties called The Charmings, where oh. it was. Oh, it was uh, Robin Hood. Uh, sorry, it was um, Snow White, I believe, and uh, Prince Charming living in a modern day. Uh, it looked like a Silver Spoons house. It was kind of like castle like. But they were. Did they just use the same set from Silver Spoons? They, they, they might have. It was. Uh, it was kind of modern, modern day suburbia. Um, and there was like I think the, the the witch was the mother-in-law and was staying with them, and I think they had like a a a little person potentially. So it was like yeah, it was a very short-lived uh, sitcom. Uh, so it reminded me a little bit of of, of that, and uh, yeah, I, I would I definitely watch that. You, you know, little John is the norm of the uh, of the yeah. bar, but <laughs> or the, go to the cliff. I've I haven't seen too much uh, Cheers. Is there is there a douche on Cheers as big as the sheriff of Nottingham? Oh yeah, that would I think in the early days that would have been uh, Fraser. Uh, oh, okay. He was kind he was kind of the the douche at the beginning, but later on you had various owners of of uh, Melville's the uh, the bar upstairs. Uh, you had Robin Colcord. Yeah, you, you, you had a whole, a whole slew of uh, of uh, uh, bar douches. So then, in this situation, we'll then get another spinoff called Sheriff about the Sheriff of Nottingham <laughs> moving to the castle and becoming a, a talk a radio show host with his brother. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, his brother uh, Miles. <laughs> yes. So yeah, the Sheriff of Nottingham comes in. Um, we're 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 kind of playing out a little bit of the. Robin Hood mythos here. Uh, Sheriff of Nottingham is, of course, a douche because uh, he he has to be and says, you know, you must pay the rent and says, you know, you got two days or you're going to go to jail. And Robin's kind of distraught about what what he'll do. And then he gets a visit from the Dark One. Yeah, and it was... Yeah, it was really interesting, and I was actually interested to see the the sheriff of Nottingham come back. Um, we saw him him briefly uh, in one of the earlier seasons, and I believe he was actually, uh, you know, 
killed by the deep the deep one or the deep one the dark one oh um, that's, that's a different type of show kurt <laughs> ouch <laughs> <laughs> what's that in your uh, pocket again <laughs> um i mean he did he didn't I believe, he didn't kill the sheriff of nottingham but like he which i remember he took the sheriff's tongue away in in a modern oh yeah 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 um, trying, to, but I'm trying to remember what trying to remember what happens to the uh, to the sheriff. I thought I can't remember if he was turned to a rat or anyway. Long story short, it was interesting to see the sheriff again. Uh, but yeah, you, you, the moment you saw a hooded figure appear in the bar out of nowhere, you I kind of realized, yeah, this is going to be Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, he's there too, as always in the Enchanted Forest. In flashbacks, you know he'll always make a deal. Uh, he's the Wayne Brady of the Enchanted Forest at this point with half the amount of dance moves. So uh, the deal that he wants him to make is like, y'all, you know, I'll help solve your financial troubles if you go to see one of my quote unquote former compatriots break into their vault and steal the elixir of the wounded heart, which I feel like probably could have helped a lot of characters if this existed in the canon for the previous four seasons. Yeah, and the... It's it's interesting the the fact that um you know late around this time I think shortly after he's at, he's tasked with going to retrieve this um we see you know in the present day gold asking Robin to go retrieve this elixir so you kind of know right away that this is not going to be a successful heist yeah exactly so um but again and I the moment he started. Uh, I, I I didn't really I saw a couple brief clips of of previews that talked about that showed like the the Emerald City so I knew there was going to be a, some sort of Oz linkage in this episode in the moment that that uh, the, the the dark one that started talking about uh, started talking about some a former compatriot I realized that we were probably going to see Robin have to go to Oz and I was looking forward to seeing that yeah it's it's a weird. I mean, this is the stuff that we liked about Once Upon a Time to begin with, right? It was this idea of all these fairy tale characters interacting with each other. And we kind of have been missing that for a while, or at least we got used to the idea. But now having these situations where we get to see Robin Hood go to the land of Oz is just, uh, even if you just say that to someone, it's a really interesting idea. Yeah. And like, what are, I mean, it, it could have been the sort of thing where it could have potentially stretched over, you know, several episodes in terms of the adventure of him having to get to get to the Emerald City, but luckily they pop him down like right there. Yeah, uh, and he it, it's, he's in and out, uh, you know, pretty quickly in, in the course of the episode. Yeah, so let, let's talk about him landing in Oz because is this yet another way people can go between realms? This like it seemed to be like a, a weird magic mirror, or have we seen that before? Um. There was a magic mirror before that had been used to to travel. Um, I thought it was to Wonderland. At, at this point, I'm probably just making stuff up and giving the writers <laughs> ideas. Um, but it remi- it made me wonder a little bit. You know, we we saw that that room of portals uh, that had a bunch of different doors in it. Where it, on the way to, when the Hatter was going on, on his way to Wonderland once. And I remember there was an Oz door there, and I was I was wondering um, if this was potentially that, but I don't know why that route would have been taken. So yeah. I, mean, I I saw this, and it would just look like it was hard to sell to tell what exactly this was because we just kind of saw the other side of it, and there were curtains, and so 
I, I wasn't even sure. Was it def- definitely a a mirror? Because all I saw was like a curtained archway and something slightly glittery behind it. I can't remember if he said yeah. anything. I the the glittery stuff hinted me off that it might it might have been some sort of mirror just because it was also mirror shaped as well it might it might yeah. as well have been a portal or a door but it looked like a mirror to me uh but I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll clear it up or they'll never mention it again yeah and, and at this point in re, in regards to how people get to different lands um I'm just like okay they got there I, I'm getting to lose track and um. So yeah, I figured I figured that the the dark one had 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 a way. Plus, this is we we've talked a lot about the different ways to get to to uh, uh, between the real world and the enchanted forest. Uh, remember, you know, you can you can you can get to Oz via tornado. So there's a whole there's a whole different set of rules for getting to Oz and back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's Oz rules. There are definitely Oz rules here. I'm not talking about any sort of prison rules. Uh, there are those two. Yeah, exactly. That's is that for uh, yeah. That's that's for the deep one. Uh, so he, on the road, we we find Will Scarlet, and it turns out that Robin has kind of filled the Dorothy role here, and he has ah. inadvertently crushed this guard to death with whatever portal he was using. Uh, so Will's in luck, and so they kind of start you know for people who have never met they start they start up a pretty uh, friendly conversation uh you would think that when you know the guy says he's a thief even though robbers robin's a reformed thief you'd be like i should probably not talk so much to this guy but no they seem like they're they seem like they're old friends despite the fact that they just met because thieves yeah oh yeah i see what you <laughs> yeah. did there yeah um, it's it's it i was confused a little bit by the whole guard thing because it's like a door landed on the guard and like was it was he knocked out? I mean, it's not like it was a house, um, or was it like one of those things where did it like slice him in half? No, well, I don't. I don't think they would have gone there. No, that's they, that's graphic. And and they later, I mean, we we kind of close out on at least this initial scene with them saying that they were going to, um, you know, uh, you know, Will Scarlet was going to help Robin Hood uh, remove the the procure the uniform from the guard so that he could go into the Emerald City dressed as the guard so he he was able i mean, I don't know if he was knocked in con because he was also threatening to tell the guard what happened yeah i'm, I'm assuming so, that the guard was knocked out because i think if yeah. he had been killed it would have been a much darker end to the scene where robin and will are basically talking leveraging whether to get rid of a dead body or not that's <laughs> definitely not abc material at this point yeah. at least not no. eight o'clock sunday night abc material <laughs> That's more ABC family material. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all. That's to, that's totally uh, totally hashtag PLL material. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Will, we we see his character shine through here. Where despite only meeting Robin just seconds ago, he tries to leverage a deal out of him. Where he says, you know, you're looking for this potion. Uh, I am too. Get it for me, and I won't. You know, <laughs> I'll I'll get I'll help get rid of the guard. And uh, if you give me some of this potion, and Robin agrees uh but he needs a uniform first and oh man i only wish for the the scene we got to see where robin hood had to uh infiltrate the wicked witch's castle presumably by singing oh we oh yo oh yep and and a little little bit of trivia for the 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 aussies out there so the the, oh our australian viewers yes the, the the geography of oz is such that the emerald picture a square country with the emerald city square in the right in the middle and it's divided like an X uh, with a land in the north, south, east, and west. And Munchkin Land is one of the lands. Well, there's also a land 
uh, called Winky Land, I kid you not. And the Winkies uh, were the guards for the Wicked Witch. And so those costumes and the chant that you saw, um, in short, Robin obtained a Winky costume. Though the, the Winky costume looks a lot better than it did in the movie. The Winky costume looks like he's like a lieutenant. Yeah, it, it, it looks it looks a little less fuzzy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I, if, I've, oh, I only wish he had the hat. I think that yeah. would have been amazing to have him go through this next totally like serious action oriented scene wearing this big fuzzy hat. Yep. So. Hey. Yeah, go ahead. No, I say it was. It, it was interesting. I would I too would have liked to have seen the actual break into the vault, although if it's anything like the original Oz movie, uh, then. They're just kind of marching around and marching in and out. And he just took his place in line and marched right in. So it probably wasn't that difficult. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it was something a lot. And nobody really looked to the side and be like, oh, oh uh, Brad looks really buff now. What happened to him? <laughs> and it's uh, so he's, he's looking through the vault and he the first thing he finds is in the first time we see is that six pronged emerald clover thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Which now is leading me to question, if he took that, did Zelina have, like, another one? Like, it almost seemed like there were, like, six parts to it and they could break off individually. Um, That's almost the impression I got. No, and that's, you had another plot hole that's opened up by this twist, Kurt, because we saw Robin have it. When did Zelina get it? And if, if she did indeed take Robin's, how does Robin never question the fact that it's gone? It was just like, oh... I guess I lost my necklace. I'll never find it again. Oh, Marion, you have something green around your neck. Probably not my necklace, though. Yeah, because he, I mean, it's, I'd had, I didn't, I didn't rewind it to go take another look at the, at the necklace, but it looked like it was comprised of six parts. And when we later see it with Zelina in the episode, uh, it made me think, well, those must detach and be, be actually be individual parts of the necklace. But, um, yeah, not quite sure. Yeah, well, we'll have to figure that out. If if it does come to fruition, then that means we're going to have four other people, I guess, that are going to be able to transform into yeah. others, which will make it'll make it very confusing for the actors. You know, we had we had it already enough with with Peter Pan and Henry's body. I think uh, we don't we don't need too much body switching here. We're not going to do a Freaky Friday arc. Yeah, because at the at the end of this uh, uh, Enchanted Forest flashback, we do see that uh, you know there's there's cons- that that Robin Hood has this this magical necklace and i was thinking kind of like you said that well zelina has one too i hadn't considered the thought that the one that zelina has in the modern day is just the one that she might have like you know snuck away from or took from robin hood's possession i always assumed it was a different one yeah so So, i mean this again this might be another thing that gets completely swatted away since we'll say oh it's, it's the clover that zelina uses or they maybe maybe this will come to fruition that there are former pieces that are not accounted for. But as Robin is infiltrating, he as you said, he grabs part of the clover. Turns out that the elixir of the wounded heart is in some sort of little canister, like a like a thing of Gatorade at a, pra- a sports practice. It's a pony keg of uh, of elixir. I I did not know it was uh, that readily available. I didn't know it was made in bulk. <laughs> yeah, they, they, once it empties, they have to return it back to the uh, the, the corner store, and you get a, you get your deposit back. Good, good for those for those really big rage and Valentine's Day parties. Exactly. So Zelina shows up, and you know Robin pulls out a bow and arrow, which happened to be 
in the room, but Zelina pulls a, a Ganondorf from the Legend of Zelda and splits herself into three different people so that he doesn't know which one to shoot, but he thinks quickly and, and shoots, I guess, uh, just a pillar, and that releases smoke? <laughs> well, it, it was like, uh, it was, yeah. It was a me- it was a metal pillar that had this canister of green liquid on top of it, and <laughs> and he shoots it, and I didn't know, and I thought, is he going to try to like, break the liquid? But then it just, like, steam issued from the side of it. Maybe we were supposed to think that these were hot and that was boiling water, and when he hit the side of the metal thing, that a jet of steam filled the room. And, and anyway, uh, but it was, it, he, it was a magic arrow, and I guess it, it always, that's what he was aiming for, because it looked like it always hit what, what it was aimed for. Yeah, it was exactly, he was, it was literally what he was aiming for. I'm just not sure uh, mentally if it was what he was aiming for. I don't think he pointed his arrow at that pillar being like, great, I know smoke is going to shoot out of this, and I'll be good to go. I think, it, if anything, he probably thought, oh, I just want to, I'll pour some green liquid on her to distract her, and then I'll run away. But either way he gets off, uh, he was able to palm only one bottle of the elixir yeah. before uh, Zelina came. So when Will kind of meets back up with him and asks him if he has any. Uh, we see a little bit of lying on Robin Hood's part. And man, Robin, if Emma were to come in contact with you, she'd be pissed from all the lying you're doing. <laughs> she, yeah, just this one incident alone, <laughs> she would completely blow her top. She would demand, she would demand that there be an immediate trial by the town <laughs> to kick you out. She would, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, our our savior, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so you know they're they're walking along, and you know Will Will is doing his part by thanking Robin for being honorable, and you know he. So I guess we get a little bit of of Will Scarlet backstory here, Kurt, where Will talks about the fact that he wanted to use the potion for his own heart because apparently his sister died; she fell through a hole in the ice, and he wanted to mend his broken heart. Now. Uh, we got we got a question here from Anna Morphew that says, and I, I had this question too, Kurt. Do you think Will's story was made up, or do you think it was actually true? Uh, I was I was wondering that as well because it seemed like Robin wasn't going to give it to the basically lied to him because he assumed that Will was going to sell it and like was going to do kind of a thieving. What any any normal thief would do. Um, there is, and again, I think this is this is where uh, us knowing more about the Wonderland story, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, uh, that if is this some sort of parallel to uh, you know Will Scarlet's supposed relationship with Anastasia in that series, um, but. He seemed to be legitimate, and I think the way that the scene played out, uh, I think, were meant for it to be seen as legitimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't know. It was just that weird way that he kind of just, kind of like happily sauntered off after talking with Robin Hood, even before discovering that Robin Hood had given him the potion. Was like, it almost made me think for a second that he'd be like sucker and then run away. And maybe again, it's just because of what we previously know of Will Scarlet, even though he's in a relationship with Belle, is that he is a thief and that he lies a lot. It, it's just, it just didn't. The story didn't really resound to me. It seemed it seemed a little hokey. Um. Yeah, but there, there wasn't any sort of 
payoff later to indicate that it was a lie. That's the only thing that's keeping me from from thinking that it that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's no, you know, he basically said that. Again, it's the other thing to think is there would have been no reason for Will Scarlet to lie about any other legitimate love interest. I mean, I guess, unless he was lying about not needing it all, unless like he really is planning on selling it. Like, it, it would seem that, it seemed that um, he was being real about admiring the love and relationship that Robin Hood had with Marion. He said, it's nice that somebody, that, it sounds like Marion knows you as well as my sister knew me. And then, and then he told the story, so that's who, you know, who I was going to mend my, my heart for. So I got the feeling that he legitimately wanted this for himself. And if he legitimately wanted it for himself, I didn't see any rationale for him to lie about who it was that his heart was pining for. I guess that's what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I think my judgment was also a little clouded due to the fact that I had to rewind the scene because I didn't notice that Robin Hood had passed the potion to Will. I thought Will had taken it from Robin Hood, like pickpocketed him. So when I saw that, when I thought that, I thought, oh, well, if he's, you know, he was doing that obviously to swindle him out of the the bottle, maybe he was lying the entire time. But no, it turns out that Robin Hood actually felt bad for what he did. So he, I think he, did he like pass to him during that hug or was it at some other point? Oh yeah, definitely the man hug. Yeah, Uh, the, the, Again, these guys became really, really close over the course of like maybe five minutes together on screen. Uh, well, you know when you when you when you when you strip down a a, a winky guard with with a, with a man, then you you grow a lot closer. Exactly, <laughs> it's it's a shared experience between them. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Robin. I, you know, I think Robin was affected by Will's words and decided to kind of come clean. Uh, and you know, so then you think, oh, that's the end of Robin Hood, but no. It turns out that the Merry Men, he decides to, to break bad once more, and the Merry Men kind of hold up the Sheriff of Nottingham and demand his money, and Robin decides to, you know, we see, have this scene of the, the poor celebrating in gold coins, and we get this scene between Robin and Marion, where Robin officially changes his name to Robin Hood, and he creates his great code uh, that has no holes in it whatsoever about how, you know, the, uh, you know, thieving isn't good, but thieving to do good makes you a hero. And I don't think it was good that that was the differentiator. It was even when you steal for yourself, that makes you a thief. But when you steal for someone else, that makes you a hero. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I'm like, so if somebody hires me to steal the Mona Lisa for them, then I'm a hero. <laughs> exactly. You're the biggest hero this country's ever seen, Kirk Clark, for stealing that priceless piece of artwork from that establishment. Exactly. And I think it's also, this is where we also see, because like, cause, uh, Marion is questioning, well, now the sheriff, obviously, they, they, they're, it sounds like now they have to hide in, uh, in Sherwood Forest, and they, it doesn't look like they can go back to the bar, and now that the, the sheriff knows what he looks like, he said that, well, now we have this, uh, this charm that I can use to change what I look like so that we can you know, fool the sheriff. Yeah. So, and, 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 again, and, and gold as well, I'm assuming. And, yeah. Although I don't think it's good. I don't think it would necessarily fool gold. Um, but fools gold. <laughs> you're right. Um, and, but again, it was one of the things where it looked like one portion of the, 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 the thing, unless 
unless I'm, I'm misremembering the actual point where he takes it, if he just reaches into the box and takes one part of it, mm-hmm. as opposed to all, as opposed to the whole freaking clover, um, that yeah. that's another thing. Um, but I mean, the the nice thing is that this does kind of at least explain away uh, why in in was a season one that Robin Hood was played by Tom Ellis and then it switched over to Sean McGuire is that he, we were all, we were all glamored. He was wearing the charm at that. That point. is, Oh man, that's so true. That's one of the best writing combats I think I've ever heard. That's amazing. So I, I think that we were all wondering, were they just going to let us sit here and think that they replaced the actor? No, he was glamored. Exactly. He, he had, he had the, the charm and which gives me further hope, Mike Bloom, that we will have the answer to where Prince Philip's soul came from this season. They're closing all these loopholes that, that we wondered about. Oh, I thought you were going to mean that, like, someone, I don't know, like, Pongo is going to reveal himself to be Prince Philip, say, like, no, you see, I was using the clover the entire time to escape Maleficent. I was actually the dog. Yeah, that, that you, you raise a good point. Like, again, whether or not um, Robin Hood took the entire six-leaf clover, and I don't know why it had to be six leaves, why it couldn't be a normal four-leaf clover, um, maybe we're going to get like a Darby O'Gill and the Little People uh, tie-in. To go, go back to that. That, <laughs> that is a time. deep-seated reference, Kurt. <laughs> Thank you. I love the Banshee. Um, but uh, I, I, it makes you wonder, did he take all the whole six, all six, the, the clover with all six leaves? Did he take just one little chunk of it, one little pendant of this large clover? Because that's all it looked like he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because I was, again, thinking that I assumed Zelina had a different one. But if he still has that one himself, I think a feeling it's a uh, like Chekhov's clover, and we are going to see it come back again at some point. So was, if Zelina is using this charm to make herself look different, I would not be surprised if the charm is also used at some point to fool Zelina. Yeah, I I could totally imagine that. And I'll, I will say, last thing I'll say about this this flashback scene. Even in the flashbacks, we got a little bit of personality out of Marion, which I was happy about because yeah, really Marion was. Granted, we hadn't seen too much of Marion in the past couple of seasons, specifically this past story arc, but she was pretty bland initially, and it's clear that she was only there for dramatic tension. But even in the flashback, when she's not controlled by Zelina, she has a little bit of like an oomph to her. You know, she can she can handle herself, which is it's exciting to watch them actually give the character personality for the first time in like fifteen episodes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I definitely noticed it more in the New York City thing in New York City scenes. But you're right, even in the Enchanted Forest, uh, there was. A little bit of there. There was some sheen there that that was nice to nice to see. Yep. So let's let's uh, let's go to the New York City scenes here. So it turns out that the the hoods have headed to Manhattan, where apparently Regina had kind of I guess before they had their tearful goodbye, she kind of set them up with with Neil's old apartment, uh, which I was happy about because initially when they were in New York, I'm like, okay. Why are they just blowing past Boston? They're going to New York like every single time. But once it was revealed that they're staying in Neil's apartment, I think it made a lot of sense. And then we have our own little like enchanted moment here, Kurt, where a thief steals uh, Marion's purse. And so Robin Hood st- steals a horse, but it's okay. He's a hero and takes off on the horse <laughs> and like full on tackles this this bike thief. Uh, a have not seen Enchanted, uh, so there's another one for the uh, the Mike Boom Bloom uh, Memorial Netflix, Netflix cute, list. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. No. This and this is this this was uh, a fun part to to see. And again, this is if if we're going to spend time with Robin, Marion, and Roland, I'm I'm this is kind of the, the fish out of water. What do I? What does all this mean? Uh, 
kind of kinds of stuff I want to see. Although it's not like they're not used to present day. I mean, he has a, an iPhone or a cell phone, yeah, a smartphone true, yeah. of some part. But it, but in terms of like you know, if you spent your entire life either in Sherwood Forest or you know the small town of Storybrooke, New York is still going to be intimidating. And oh, so yeah. it's 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 fun to see some interaction there. I also liked how in the establishing shots of New York, we heard someone make a taxi driver reference in the background, you know, hey, I'm walking here. I feel like that's like the Wilhelm scream of any New York scenes. Like every time there's a scene set in New York City, someone says, hey, I'm walking here, or some sort of weird New York catchphrase. Yeah, it, it, they had to build it in somehow. Exactly. So we, uh, we, we're, back in, we're back in Neil's apartment for the first time in like, what, two seasons? Uh, yeah, something like that. I, I don't even know if it's the same set. Hopefully, hopefully they were able to get the apartment back. Uh, but we get we get a little bit of conversation here between Robin and Marion, which again, looking back, makes so much more sense. Specifically, when Robin asked, you know, do you remember what what uh, I told we said on you said on the first day we became outlaws? And she's like, oh, I I don't remember. Oh, no, silly me. But then we have a little like I don't know like Three's Company esque moment when Gold comes in and says, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, which makes me wonder, like, if he was, like, hard up for a place to stay, like, he's crashing at Ursula's. Why couldn't he just stay at Neil's place? Yeah. Well, I guess, and I'm wondering, I guess this is nine weeks ago. So this is before he goes. So I think Ursula's was six oh, weeks, was six weeks right. before. So it looks like after the, all these adventures with him in the hospital, he decided to go stay with Ursula. But didn't he also get forced over the line before Robin Hood or was it after? Um, Golly. Because if, if it was before, it doesn't make sense. Because theoretically, he would have gotten to the apartment first. Uh, you know, then let's just tell ourselves it happened after. <laughs> All right. But if it happened after, then he could have just said, like, hey, guys, uh, you left like half an hour ahead of me. Can I get a ride to New York? <laughs> I, I don't think they would have given him one. No, pro- probably not. Uh, so, you know, Gold and Robin kind of have a fight here. Uh, Gold holds the fact over Robin's head that he can kind of control the fact that Regina Willer won't get her happy ending, but suddenly he clutches his heart and collapses. And it turns out, you know, at first I was, I was kind of laughing to myself thinking like, Oh, does he have like a broken heart or something that he's literally dying from? But it's not that far from it, Kurt. Uh, I guess his heart is becoming so polluted with all the evil he's done. And he ha- he doesn't have the magic to kind of counteract it almost like a, uh, and an Alka Seltzer, he uh, now he's dying, which is weird. It was weird just to have that happen. I like I like later on how you know it's like he he says how all oh, the doctors I need like ex- say I need to pay attention to exercise and diet and like you know no I just need magic and I was like but what if they're actually right? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I mean, it it magic cannot solve. All sorts of problems. And theoretically, if he was using magic to keep up appearances, if he was forced of the line and couldn't do magic, wouldn't we just see now this like gross, old, sweaty, fat man instead? There you go. Probably. Yeah. So, I don't know, Kurt. What did you think about this whole plot line now? Of like, now Gold's heart is poisoning him. So now Robin has to go get has to get the elixir to fix his heart. Did you? I I thought it was a little cheesy. Were you warmer to it than I was? Uh, not necessarily. Again, it was one of those things where I was like, eh, 
okay, well, this isn't going to last more than half an hour, so I'll, I'll just I'll just bear with it. But that's true. It, it, it does. It doesn't help that we know he's alive and well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's and it didn't seem like the sort of thing that was going to warrant more than a partial episode story arc. Um, the, the the thing I actually before before getting that, I think one thing that I really picked up on was how quickly uh, Robin Hood picked up on what what gold is doing here. I mean, the, the fact yeah. that Robin wondered, like, you know, what business would you have in a world without magic? Because he said, you know, I have business here. And then he pretty quickly figures out that he's looking for the author. And uh, and that's kind of when when things, you know, you know, Golden Sister leaves and Robin's like, no, we're going to stay. Um, so, I don't know, the whole the whole, you know, I don't want to say broken heart thing, but that's kind of his heart is broken. Like, we're not really working. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of a strange MacGuffin in that it's, you know, it's not really a key focus of, it's not really a key plot point, but it's the thing that kind of keeps everybody busy and moving forward. Yeah. So I was, I guess that from that perspective, I was okay with it. And again, I, I didn't, it didn't end up being a huge thing. It seems like they, but it, it seems like they could have come up with something different that would have been a little less cheesy, but you know what? It served its purpose. Yeah. It definitely served its purpose for this episode. Again, this is something else that might not be talked about again for the rest of the season. Maybe it will if Gold gets forced over the line and now Zelina is the only one that holds like his medicine, basically. But, uh, you know, Robin decides to do it uh, and he really goes back to... We, we really get to hear this whole man of honor thing uh, and, and Marion kind of rebuts it, but the, Robin is blind in his honor and faith here. So he has to go to the Wizard of Oak, which is a, ah. a, a yeah, it's a it's a furniture store that belonged to uh, Vaughn or whatever Walsh Walsh, uh, who, as we remember, was the Wizard of Oz, who also got turned into a monkey, but who also was Emma's fiance before Hook came back to tell her that everything had gone to hell again. And who also was ended up being destroyed, right? Yeah, he ended up. Yeah, they they ended up destroying him like on a rooftop after yeah. Walsh revealed who he was in the first episode of season three B and it attacked her. Um, yeah, I was I was as he was going in as he was looking through the the furniture shop and parts of it seemed a little bit reminiscent of the the pawn shop back in Storybrook mm-hmm. uh, in terms of. It's just the, the the counter and some of the things. Obviously, it looked a little bit more spacious than that. But I was like, "Oh, is he going to like run into the wizard here?" And then I was like, "Oh, it's all dusty." Oh, was like, then I caught up on the timeline again, and it's like, "Oh yeah, this is at the point where the wizard has already kind of been destroyed, and this you know this shop has probably you know now stood abandoned for you know several several months now." Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> things weren't repoed though, because this this store is, as you said, has been abandoned for a couple of years. You think they would have? I don't know, cleared it out to make like a filings or something. <laughs> yeah, alarm system still works. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, th- that was a... Uh, yeah, Robin immediately sets off the alarms and he's able to, after rummaging through, he, he finds the elixir bottle with the heart on it, which he assumes correctly is, is the elixir. And when the cops pull off, Robin pulls like a Jason Bourne and just dives through a glass window and runs through the alley. 
Again, note to the viewers and the listeners, that is not something you can do in real life. You will seriously, seriously gash yourself and probably end up dying. Do not throw yourself through windows thinking you will just easily break through and continue running. Yeah. Now, Kurt, I, I spent a couple of weeks ago binging all the Fast and Furious movies, which you can really check out on, on post show recaps but I, I was so amped up in that i was totally wishing that the cops would have pursued robin on foot and we'd have this crazy chase where they'd be jumping off of rooftops and diving into fruit stands and all that stuff but alas robin just gets away safely and goes back to the apartment i think that's one thing we have been missing from once upon a time is uh an excess of parkour that's really the the one thing that we're missing right now. yes more parkour yeah. So, you know, Robin, I think, fills in Marion on basically everything that's going on, everything that's going on. And Marion <laughs> is saying that he should let Gold die. But Robin says it goes against his code. Now, again, if we're, if we're looking at Marion as Alina at this point, is Marion using reverse psychology to get Robin to give him the potion? Or do you think she really wanted Gold to die at that point? Um, well, we know that... You know, Zelina is Zelina is looking for the author to give her a happy ending as well. And she ultimately asks, figures out, you know, gold is is kind of there for the same thing. So I'm thinking it must have been some sort of reverse psychology or at least she would. Because I think I was surprised to hear her. It, it sounded uncharacteristic of her. And for me at this point, when I don't know it's Zelina, I'm like, well, hey, Robin, this is more reason for you to go back to Regina. Because this this woman is a little messed up in that. Um, uh, but I, I have a feeling that Zelina knew that Robin would never do that. So I think it was about, I think it was about, you know, giving, you know, getting him to connect with gold. Yeah. I think that but I think, think, but at this point she'd also swapped that. She probably also swapped out the potion by now already. That's or true. She knew, probably knew did she it, was going to probably did it while they were talking. Uh, yeah, you bring up a good point about how Zelina's end game is to get in contact with the author. So if gold was dead, there's re- she really, and especially since she couldn't get back to Storybrooke, she really couldn't do anything. So it, it it makes sense for her to kind of, again, use her position yeah. reverse psychology to get Robin to go back to gold and give him the elixir. Yeah. And this scene brought to you by the American Dairy Council. <laughs> or uh, or NyQuil. Well, no, I was saying, well, yeah, well, it was like, yeah, there's the NyQuil. I was saying there's, there's lots of lots of strange commentary by Roland and company about why he should drink his milk. Oh, yeah, that's very <laughs> true. It's like a yeah. like a weird commercial. Just like do they just do they just mix up a commercial script and accidentally put it in the yeah. in the in the in the pile of the Once Upon a Time scripts? Yeah, like like Robin commented about how it'll help you grow up big and strong, and then at one point like Marion I think commented on it, and but that was it. It was just like like thrown in there, like it's something that like perpetually is a conversation that they have to have with Roland. Or maybe something like in the Truman Show when they have to do advertisements in their real life. Exactly. There you go. So Robin brings the gold, the elixir, but he wants to make a deal first and basically says, you know, if you take this potion, you have to move on. You don't interact with my family anymore. Gold accepts and Robin just leaves. Uh, It's weird that he doesn't pass Marion in the hall, but I'll I'll take it. Uh, Gold takes it and slowly. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she didn't look like Marion until right when she stepped in the door. (laughs) That's true. Like, oh, what's that redheaded woman? Uh, uh, I won't. I won't turn around anymore now. Uh, so, but, you know, the gold quickly realizes that it's a fake and we talk, we, we, we talked about this, this aforementioned, uh, reveal that, you know, Marion is not actually Marion. She's Zelina. She switched the vials and now she has, uh, she has the elixir now and, you know, her initial, she reveals that her initial plan was just to be Marion to ruin Regina's happiness. 
uh, a petty revenge plan, but then she realized that she could just go after the author now and make her own happy ending. So it's interesting watching Regina's, Regina's, uh, uh, Zelina's plan kind of mature here. Though, of course, I think the fact that she still uh, made her Regina's lover fall in love with her is something that she can gloat about. Yeah, it's... Um... It's 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 just it's interesting. It's a, and it's at this point when Zelina reveals herself that I'm also remembered how nicely wicked she was as a character. Yeah. Um. And 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 I became like and, and kind of like you said. I I think when I I knew there was going to, especially you know going in at the very beginning during the credit the the credit sequence there is the Emerald City in the background of the forest. I mean when you always have the during the Once Upon a Time title screenshot. Mm-hmm. So you knew there was going to be an Oz connection, which meant there's probably going to be a Zelina connection in some way, uh, even if it was just a flashback. And so what I, I was really happy to see that what I thought was just a momentary, uh, a, a small bit part is going to be a much larger part. Yeah. But it. what did you think about the kind of the guided imagery flashback tour of you know now let's see what really happens in the past where we go we go back to the cell and the shattering of Zelina and the you see the fog going to the past and you see you even get flashbacks of Emma and Hook at the castle during the ball battling in the past and in, in Storybrooke like what did you think about that whole long uh that that whole long montage well I'll say it on this on the whole I'm glad they did it I, yes, because, thank you. <laughs> because I feel like they, these writers in the past have kind of, unfortunately, abandoned uh, their twists sometimes to be like, yes, there's here's this huge twist, but you just you you just assume what happened. So I'm glad that they actually took the time to to track what Zelina did. And I, from what I remember in season three, we did see her quote unquote life force like resuscitate this time portal to begin with. So that part wasn't as it wasn't completely new. Uh, this whole thing about, you know, her following Hook and Emma around uh, was something new. But I, I'm glad that at least they took the time to explain it. You know, at least, at least they, took the, they had the sensibilities to sit down and say, okay, guys, if we're going to pull this off, we need to track her, like, from the beginning to make sure that we have all of our cogs in motion. Yeah, it, it, it's, I definitely appreciated the, uh, the reminder of what happened at the end of season three. Uh, and I appreciated that whole tracing back of time. I still f- felt it was potentially a little bit, I, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that at the time that it happened, that it was, that it was, um, that was the plan all along. Yeah. But it, it, it definitely, the flashback for me, I think definitely helped. Um, I think, you know, to the point where, like, what you talked about at the opening of the podcast was, I think it would have potentially been really interesting to see some scenes from the front half of season four, where we know that Marion is in the present day, and to, like, have her doing some Zelina-like stuff as Marion in the background, where, uh, oh, so that really happened because you know, Marion knocked that over and we always thought it was, you know, Henry who broke it or, you know, something like that from the front half of the season four in Storybrooke. Um, that might have even, I think, helped matters a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I, I think there was a significant gap in there. And I think it's also nice to uh, to get a little bit glimpse into season three as well, especially for those people who are not as fortunate to 
binge the entire series like we did shortly before the fourth season began and might not have remembered that Zelina's life force did start up that that time portal again. So anytime they can kind of remind us about what happened in previous seasons is always good. Uh, so, it, I mean, it looks like Gold took the deal um, or, you know, is is in the process of <laughs> yeah. taking the deal. He blinked. He blinked. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, because he's, he's intubated. I forgot about that. Uh, and then she, she threatens to... Uh, to shut off his respiratory system. Uh, I, I, she, I, I, like you said before, Kurt, I, I, if we had to have somebody back, I'm glad it's Selena because she is the way Rebecca Mater plays it. It's very wickedly evil. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it, it'll be interesting now to see if there's any interaction between <clears throat> Zelina, Cruella and Maleficent, um, or even Urs- even Ursula, if there's a, you know, flashback interactions in New York City. I mean, obviously, like Cruella and Maleficent are in Storybrooke and Zelina's in New York. So we may not necessarily get that sort of interaction. But mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing what ends up. Uh, uh, I personally would like like to see that sort of interaction. And again, like you said earlier, like, you know, Robin Hood and Oz, that's that those sort of, you know, clashes of, of pop culture are one of the reasons that, that, you know, many people like the show. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we get a nice little, I don't know if, if you recognize it, Kurt, we get, we get a nice little Disney shout out here where yep. Robin is waiting for gold and there's a poster for the Broadway production of Aladdin uh, in the background, which maybe that's a hint for season five. Yeah, yeah we, oh, we, already got the, we, we got the genie through, uh, through Giancarlo Esposito's character, Sydney. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I do believe, and we will be told in the comments if I'm wrong, I do believe in the brief, and like I did watch, you know, several episodes of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland when it was first on, and I believe that, that Aladdin is uh, kind of a character in there. Oh yeah, and um, uh, well, the uh, the guy who plays Saeed in Lost, Naveen Andrews, yes. played That's, plays Jafar, right? Jafar. I, you know, maybe it wasn't maybe Aladdin wasn't in there. I mean, I think he was, but there was definitely. Um, I might be misremembering. Jafar was definitely in there. Uh, Aladdin might not have been. We have, you know, we have, you know, you know, Iago, the, the parrot. We have all sorts of characters that could potentially still make a play. I, I will only jazz Jasmine. I only want Iago on there if it's played by Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Yep. Uh, so this is this is an interesting scene, Kurt, in terms of, you know, Robin has the, the box, this box of stuff from Neil's old apartment. And then Gold kind of launches this whole monologue about how he doesn't want his stuff because those are mementos from a man who's father sent him away because he was a coward and it's hers as a reminder of his failures to acknowledge when he was happy and you know for all this talk that gold has had in this in this half story arc about you know revenge 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 author 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 it's it's nice to tap into that emotion sometimes because that that's really what i like about the character and what he's rooted in so just even having those brief glimpses of that character especially after a situation where his life was almost taken from him uh was it was really nice for the episode yeah and I think and I also like that the, the 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 bit after this where we hear you know Robin is explaining to Gold that Marion's like a stranger to him now, and Gold saying, "Well, if you know what your happy ending is and who your happy ending is with, you should run toward it and never let it go." Which to me was Gold encouraging um, encouraging Robin Hood to actually pursue Regina. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Yeah. And yeah. So it, it became because we never really heard as part of their deal. Correct me if I'm wrong. That 
uh, gold could not warn Robin Hood. No, yeah, she he never said and, that. But but also, I mean, Robin hates gold at this point. Do you think he'd really believe it if Gold went up to him and said, "You have to believe me. Your wife has actually been is actually the Wicked Witch of the West. She he, she killed your wife back in the time portal and is now masquerading at her to get back at her sister." I think that's the sort of thing that if you're told that's what it is, you may not you know take it at face value, but you would keep your eyes open for things like. And he's, and I think, you know, Gold could say, you know, he just came out saying, she's like a stranger to me now. And perfect opportunity for Gold to say, well, you might want to consider about that. Exactly. About that. And it's like you, and it's like, again, Gold doesn't necessarily have a lot of reason to necessarily warn Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, Maybe, but at the same time, he doesn't necessarily have reason to to tell Robin Hood. You know, you know what your happy ending is. Go for it. Go for it. You know who it's with. Yeah. Um, but I think I think if Gold had told him, even though Robin Hood wouldn't have believed it at first, I think he would have done the whole. Hey, we, it's there's one thing I don't like in, in in the movies where someone's pretending to be someone they're not, and then you're the person that there's a person that tells them, hey. Is that person still teaching at the university? My immediate thought is they're trying to bait you. They're trying yeah. to, to teach. And you should always say, you know what? I don't remember that name. But, eh. I mean, it's, you can still keep lying and, and just feign ignorance of that particular name. But if Gold had told him this, there's plenty of ways he could potentially have tested, as we saw, tested um, uh, Marion. Um, but yeah, anyway, ended up not happening. So not a huge deal. Uh, but we, we, you know, Robin's obviously not over Regina. No, as as we as we saw from him brooding in the shower, brooding very heavily in the shower. Well, that's where I prefer to brood, and about the level of brooding I do. Really, you put like the one arm up, and you're just looking down, weeping the entire time. Yes, exactly. And, and Ma- Marion kind of plays a little bit of the crazy girlfriend role here, where she uh, a lot of the crazy girlfriend where she, role, where she finds Regina Regina's number on his phone. Previously in the episode, I didn't mention uh, Robin receives a call from Regina, but conveniently enough, uh, the doctor calls him away at the ER at the right moment, so he doesn't pick up. Uh, but this is where they get you know this whole scene where you know as pretending to be Marion's Alina is pretends to be heartbroken and says, you know, if you really want to leave Regina, you can once again, playing reverse psychology. But Robin says, you know, uh, I remember what you told me once, which, you know, is, she's is obviously not prompted by his wife. He says the words himself. Um, and all he wants to do is rekindle their happy ending. And he goes into his phone to delete his Regina's number. And actually one of our, uh, one of our listeners, Evan Clementi pointed this out to me. If you uh, freeze frame on Robin's phone, you get uh, the contact pictures and, and names for a bunch of our main characters and also the takeout for Granny's Diner. Oh, so there's takeout there. That's awesome. Which is weird to me, though. You'd think it'd be enough of a small town that they wouldn't need to use some form of seamless. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> um, I'm, I wonder if Granny's on Grubhub. <laughs> Granny, I think, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it fits literally. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's, I guess the one one thing where the kind of my perception of things differ from yours is I had thought that when he was sitting in the uh, in the hospital when the doctor interrupts him and tells him that gold's ready, I had thought he was debating whether or not to call Regina that he kind of had her contact info up and was about to hit the call button because because I, I didn't get the impression that this entire time. Re- Regina doesn't seem like the type who would have called. Oh, well, she, uh, now, now I remember she also doesn't have his number, right? Because Gold gives it to her right there and then in the future. 
you know, I bet he, she had to like if how did Robin Hood have all of these numbers? First of all, you don't get that many numbers without somebody getting your number. And secondly, <laughs> if anybody in Storybrooke had Robin's number, it had to have been Regina. So I I was a little confused and we haven't gotten to that yet. I was a little bit confused by the scene in um in the crypt with the whole phone number exchange thing because I had thought that she had his number. I don't know. But maybe but you know, if if she didn't that explains a lot, but it's just weird that he had all of their numbers, but nobody had his. Yeah. There's, I think that there's maybe there's one of those friends in every group, the one that has everybody's <laughs> number. But um, maybe he was like the group texter. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so and then you know, they, so they're making up and they're and they're kissing, and there's this really kind of awkward shot where Roland is. You think Roland's initially just staring at them, but it turns out he's actually looking in the mirror, and we see it's Zelina making out with him. So theoretically, Roland should know at this point, then, right? Um, you know, I didn't, you know, I missed the fact that, that Roland was looking in the mirror. Um, and I thought it was, I mean, Zelina was definitely looking in the mirror at herself, which would have made it difficult from that angle. I'm playing once upon a time CSI right now. Uh, it would have been difficult from that angle for Roland to also see her in the mirror if she's looking at herself. Um, I don't know. It might be one of those things where like Roland's at that age where, where, you know, I see green people. And uh, he he just has the gift. You know, dogs and small children can see the supernatural, supposedly. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, like signs. Exactly. Like like signs, like any M. Night movie. <laughs> except except Lady in the Water in the Village. Yes. And uh, and I guess After Earth a little bit. Even though okay. there are like two people in that one. But uh, there's all sorts of references to the happening in this movie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So let's let's jump ahead nine weeks here. Let's briefly touch upon what's going on with our main characters, who, again, were only in the first five minutes where, you know, Emma and her parents are searching for the author, tearing into the night. And Emma's clearly still unhappy with them. She kind of snips at them about, you know, how she's really unhappy that they ruin someone else's life for the prospect of her soul not being darkened and David apologizes, but she doesn't care. But the more interesting part is this scene between the author and gold, because the author is fervently trying to search for something to make a magical quill out of and gold breaks the news that that's not possible. And it's, it's an interesting relationship between the two of them because, you know, the author calls gold, what the, the biggest pain in the ass he's had the unfortunate pleasure to write about. Right. Uh, and it's such a, that's such a, and, th- and this is why I'm excited to have the author here is because it's a fun relationship. Now we get to basically see a relationship between a writer and its characters, which again, outside of the play six characters in search of an author is something that we really don't get too much of an interaction between. Uh, so if we see more interactions like this, uh, that this could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it, this isn't perhaps in the top three meta episodes of the series. <laughs> well, we have five more, so I'm assuming those are going to be the, mo- <laughs> the, to- the po- top five of the list. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, but Gold... Uh, is So did Gold offer him a magical quill? Yeah, I think I said is you get this in exchange for a bunch of new happy endings, which, you know... I'm, I'm taking this for the the once upon a time uh, interpretation of that remark. Um, we're we're I, he you know I think it sounds like you know gladly but reluctantly but gladly uh, accepts the accepts that uh, that offer. Although it's interesting is that like this whole time I'm wondering we've kind of it seemed like the sorcerer and the sorcerer's apprentice were responsible for choosing an author by giving him the 
quill and perhaps it almost made it seem like there is a quill with a capital Q and there's only one of them, but apparently the dark one either has that quill or has the power to make a similar magical quill. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we, you know, I don't think the author would have been trying to make a new quill uh, if he didn't know from past experience that it was that it was possible for him to do so. So maybe once he was bestowed with the power of the author, part of that came with the mantle of being able to uh, to fashion quills should that original quill break. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see whether it's a fake quill that's a bluff by gold or whether it's the real quill in a, in a couple weeks. I It might be the real one just because, I mean, remember that, that gold basically has free reign of the Sorcerer's Mansion or the Sorcerer's Apprentice's uh, mansion now. So he, you know, after he put him in that hat, he could very easily find the quill. I'm assuming it would just be lying around with all the other stuff. Uh, let's, so they, they poof away. Gold's able to convince them and, and Gold wakes up Regina in the crypt where they, they left her after knocking her out in the last episode and basically says, you're off the team. We got the author to replace you, but we can still bring you on board and we need you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm not really sure where that's where where this is going to go next. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that the reason why he he feels like he needs Regina is because now she's it, he wants her to play a double agent but reverse. She wants them to her to actually be working for the villains but make friendly with the heroes to bring Emma over. The triple agent. Yes, tri- triple agent. I guess <laughs> at this point, yeah. She, um, she, they don't know that she knows that they know. They know exactly. Um, because it, it seems that, like he says, she needs him to turn Emma uh, to the dark side, which again gives us hope there's going to be a Star Wars tie-in. Um, but yeah, I and, and when when he kind of says that. Um, you know, you have to betray Emma. You know, she gets this look of like, why the hell would I betray Emma? I've actually got a good relationship with her now. It says, do this or, you know, we're going to kill Robin Hood. And kind of that whole thing gets revealed to her. You do see like the kind of that classic Regina season one, you know, cold hearted look on her, like just something just come over her face. And she transforms almost. Um, so it seems like at the very least, uh, if I was gold, I would be, buy- I would have bought that, you know, okay, Regina's going to help me now. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, Alana Perea, and I, I thank you to the Twitter user who pointed out that I was pronouncing that incorrectly previously. Uh, she does a really nice job here with that, that like last, last three seconds of that look where, you know, initially she refuses, but Gold playing the Regis Philbin role asks if that's her final answer. Yeah. And you could see she looks so conflicted. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that she initially, she kind of renegs her refusal and decides to join up with the villains because her love for Robin Hood trumps anything, though she'll probably end up saving Emma at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's it was nice. It cuts away before she gives any sort of verbal response. Um, but at, at the same time, um, you, you, you feel that from her look, she's going to choose over Robin over Emma. But at the same time, we do see that um, she has you know, played the villains several times, maybe not so successfully, but this might be like her, her finest acting role yet. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, and a quick little fun question here from Albert Vargas uh, re- pertaining to the Regina call when Zelina picks up. Uh, was When Regina yelled, no, no, after receiving the call from Zelina, was it a response to Zelina saying that she was making meatloaf for Robin Hood? <laughs> it potentially could have been, um, although that's another uh, another item to add to the list of uh, of, of uh, what's time viewing party, party foods. Yeah. Oh and, man, uh, between the lasagna and the meatloaf, this is a very heavy meal. It's a, it's a yeah, pretty heavy. And um, uh, you know, shout out to uh, actually met Albert at the reality rally over the uh, over this past weekend. I've met him at the past couple reality rallies. Um, also, some once upon a time shout outs going to the great Jessica Frey and also to Sarah Pearson and Javon. So uh, sorry, just had to say that. But I uh, met met several of the the once upon a time listeners. Uh, at the reality rally uh, for that Jillian Larson runs this past weekend. What were you? You're like a Big Brother contestant, Kurt, with all the shout outs you're throwing in at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Holla! <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to finish off here before we wrap up with one interesting question. Uh, we were talking about listeners before. This is one from the great Brent Wolgamott. Uh, it's about, you know, we talked at the end of this episode about how the plan again is to still turn Emma to the dark side. But he asks, with only five episodes to go until the end of the season, and with the show relentlessly teasing that Emma will go "quote unquote" dark, do you think we can see her go dark and back again and resolve all the issues with Gold, Regina, Robin, Zelina, Cruella before then? He brings up a good point, Kurt. Mm. I mean, we we only we only have five episodes left, and, and usually- to be honest. You know, so we usually have what we'd expect. We'd have three episodes left and then a lead into the next season. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you just expect that all the problems will be wrapped up in the second to last episode, though. I think they're ending with a two hour episode, so that might not be the case. But he, again, he brings up a good point. I mean, for all this talk about Emma being, you know, the, the Emma might actually become the biggest bad in them all this story arc. Nothing has really happened yet. And maybe next week is when a lot of stuff will start happening. But I feel like they've been setting up the dominoes for such a long time now. I mean, it's it can definitely go one of two ways. And it all, I think, hinges on are they successful in turning Emma dark or not? And I would say if she's dark for less than if she's only dark for one episode, I would like think back to when the mirror shattered in the. A frozen episode and everyone oh, turned on each other. Yeah, yeah. That, I, mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't consider that success because it was immediately countered, and it really, again, the impact is only for you know one episode. If if the if the plan is for Emma to go dark, then it's def- and it, and it's successful. Then it, I believe my guess is that's going to be major issue with the front half with the front half of season five. Uh, if it's not successful, um, then it's going to be, you know, it's going to be partially successful during a single episode, but immediately get reversed. So I think it all hinges on is this um, is it successful or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's if, and if it's successful, I think it's not going to be just like, you know, two, three episodes. I think it's going to be going to be uh, you know, the big part of, of, of season five. So if you guys have any theories as to whether Emma will become evil in the next five episodes or in season five, 
Or if you have any ideas about whether Robin Hood did one piece of the clover or all six, or if you have any idea as to what portal was taken to odds, you have a variety of ways to reach out to us, of course. You can always respond directly in the comments section of this page on postshowrecaps.com. Uh, if you haven't yet, by the way, please subscribe to our Once Upon a Time only feed on Post Show Recaps. You can find that on postshowrecaps.com slash once iTunes. And while you're subscribing, please feel free to rate and review us. That always brings us up in the rankings a little bit, make us more notorious amongst the Once Upon a Time podcasters. And of course, you can always reach out to us on social media, specifically through Twitter. Kurt, how can people reach out to you on Twitter? They can reach out to me at Kurt Clark on Twitter. That's Kurt with a C and Clark with a C. Perfect. And you can always find me at a Mike Bloom type on Twitter. But uh, while, while you're here, you might as well check out all other the other great stuff that's going on in Post Show Recaps. We're a, a regular furniture store filled with podcasts at this point. Game of Thrones coverage just started. Justified coverage is just about to finish. We got Better Call Saul finished up as well. And actually, over the next couple days, you'll be hearing my voice a little bit more. If you listen to Post Show Recaps, I'm going to be covering, uh, doing some one-time podcasts with Antonio Mazzaro about the premiere of Silicon Valley. And uh, on Jessica, with Jessica Lee, we're going to preview the newest season of Orphan Black before uh, jumping into the season three premiere this weekend. Uh, Kurt, I mean, speaking of uh, mistaken identities here, uh, Orphan Black seems like the perfect companion show for Zelina. Yeah, it's a great show. If anybody hasn't checked it out, if anybody's in the Chicago area, I know that C2 E2 is coming up in uh, next weekend. I think some of the stars from Orphan Black are going to be there. So, uh, yeah, if you have not checked out Orphan Black, I highly recommend it. And also, don't forget to check out the uh, the Daredevil podcast that uh, that Antonio, uh, not that Antonio, sorry, that uh, Josh and Kevin are doing uh, every every day, kind of like Cause of Cards, covering a new episode every yeah. day uh, for Netflix. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff we've really ramped into. Uh, uh, the prime time here for post-show recaps. There's a lot of stuff to check. Spring is in the air. Flowers are in bloom, and so are podcasts. Uh, so to, to finish everything up, Kurt, do you have a, a hashtag for everyone who's made it this far into the podcast? Uh, this is something that I practice every day. Can we, how can we do a hashtag shower brooding? Yes, hashtag shower brooding. And brooding is B-R-O-O-D-I-N-G. Yes. Uh, so thank you guys, as always for tuning in uh i missed doing this last week I, I i went to to madison avenue instead to podcast and it just wasn't the same it wasn't uh didn't have the the weird magical elements to it so i'm glad to be back uh we will be here from now on every week uh for the next several weeks until until we finish up here with that two-hour finale so again hashtag shower brooding if you made it this far we will see you next week and remember guys if you ever need any smoke machines for your rock shows just uh, shoot the side of the first metal pillar you see take care everyone Bye bye <laughs>